0: Shadows to Life, Chapter 10, Gone Home, October 25th, Afternoon. A little over three weeks after his fight with Daniel, Damien leaned his new guitar case against the corner of the doorframe to his apartment and dug into his pocket. Every motion he made while standing was a fight with his crutches and gravity. He didn't actually need them, of course, as he was mostly healed, but the doctor had said for fullest recovery it was best to keep his weight off his injured leg whenever possible. And so he did. But at least he was finally home. The trip back had been a struggle. Carrying a guitar case while walking on crutches, then getting in and out of the taxi had been a huge pain in the ass. And the gruff driver hadn't even offered to help. What a great guy, Though at the end of the day, Damien supposed it was a good thing he'd had it. The case had been the only way of hiding the sword in plain sight while being incapacitated at the hospital. If he'd kept it in the normal place inside his jacket, it surely would have been found by one of the nosy nurses. No, it was a good thing he'd had it. Apparently Scratch had been kind enough, or just ordered, to place leash inside the musical hiding place so he could carry his sword back home without attracting too much attention. The case was a bit cumbersome, not to mention heavy, but it worked well enough that Damien had decided to keep it for possible future use. Like maybe an assassination job at the theater? Damien smiled at the thought. It was silly. And besides, what job? He was on Easy Street now. He never needed to go undercover again. That was siphon work, and he was to be a reaver soon. Again, he paused. The thought had brought to mind a memory of a previous, almost-success story. In high school, when he'd thought he'd accomplished something, only to find out that he'd been set further back than he even knew existed. And, like then, he still didn't really know whether or not he'd actually succeeded. Howard hadn't even confirmed it. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. It might be best to keep the guitar case as a contingency plan, after all, just in case. It fit in most places. Damien had seen a variety of people carrying them during his commute and there was no telling what might change between now and if Howard offered him the job as Reefer of Spokane, especially not with how he'd been feeling as of late. Damien ground his teeth. The excavation of his keys were being made more difficult by the unfamiliar gray sweatpants he wore and the variety of other items crammed inside the pocket. He teetered on his crutches and gave a growl of frustration, as if it weren't hard enough already. Finally, the keys pulled loose. Damien sighed in relief as he frowned down at the hideous garment that covered his legs. The used pants were certainly cumbersome, but they were the only piece of his outfit that wasn't from the night he'd murdered Daniel. The hospital had apparently needed to cut off the black cargo pants he had been wearing in the emergency room in order to get to his injury, and the ill-fitting sportswear was all they'd had in the lost and found. Still, despite the inconvenience, not to mention the embarrassing looks the taxi driver had given him, He was thankful for them as well, even if they were too short by far, because they were the only piece of clothing he was wearing that didn't remind him of his violent encounter and close call with death. So many annoying and inconvenient things to be thankful for. It seemed like the story of his life. Unlocking and opening his apartment door, he picked up his new guitar case and was about to cross the threshold into safety when he heard Mrs. White's door open up behind him. Of course... Damien erased the look of annoyance that threatened to turn an already unpleasant situation into a missile crisis and turned around, a forced smile spread thinly over his lips. Unfortunately, he found Mrs. White, arms crossed and preparing nukes without him. Hey, Mrs. White. She said nothing. The only proof that she wasn't a statue were the lines around her mouth that curled deeper downward. He continued, Look, I'm sorry I missed a few sessions but as you can see, I was in the hospital. Damien gestured at the crutches that he didn't really need, hoping that it would be enough, but to no avail. A very small look of concern passed over her face, but quickly vanished into something else, something Damien had seen many times in the haunted looks of the desperate. Hospital or no hospital, people have to pay the rent. With a twisty, jerky motion, she attempted to flip her hair out of her eyes, but the offending locks went nowhere and just made her appear that much more erratic, that much more desperate and addicted to what Damien could do for her. Mrs. White, he said, with a hint of incredulity. I've never met anyone who would even charge a late fee when someone's in the hospital and unable to pay rent. Have you ever met someone who accepted anything but money for rent? She barked and her face twisted into an even more menacing scowl. However, despite the brave front, Damien could see through her facade. There was no question at all that what she wanted, more than anything, was for him to use his powers to make her PTSD go away. She wanted oblivion. But, if she was going to make him stand on his barely healed leg, then he was going to make her wait and suffer in return. Of course I have he said, with a strong note of derision. The lie came easily. He'd had many years of practice to perfect the technique at the crisis center. The key was to always lie with confidence. He chuckled scornfully. Did you think that you were the first person I've ever had this arrangement with? Her brows furrowed with uncertainty. Well, I, or that you were the only person I pay with these types of treatments? Well, I thought as much, but don't fucking lie to me. Damien said, quiet, yet deadly. He was tired of getting treated like garbage. He had taken out a tier two vassal prelate not three weeks ago. Army veteran or not, Deborah White was just a landlady. Enough was enough. The next time you treat me like this is the time that I just don't come back. You think you miss me after three weeks of no treatments? Think about what will happen if I never give you one again. He grinned at her maliciously. Mrs. White dropped to her knees, panicked. She shook her head violently. I'm sorry, all right? I can't help it anymore. I need it! There were tears in the corners of her eyes. It took him aback. Damien had never seen anyone plead on their knees before. It always seemed like the kind of thing that would make him feel good, to force someone into submission like that. But it didn't. At least not this time. The place in his heart... The little clean spot where Daniel had blasted him hurt. It ached and made him feel nauseated. And if the past three weeks in the hospital were any indicator, he'd only feel worse and worse until he made amends. Damien finally nodded and made a shooing gesture. I'll put my guitar case inside and be right over. Mrs. White nodded, looking as contrite and submissive as he'd ever seen her. He slid the guitar case through the door and shut it without bothering to lock it behind him. The greed treatment went better than normal. She didn't pee on herself this time at least, but Damien still covered her with a blanket after much debate with Leach. He knew she didn't really deserve it after the way she'd treated him, but the gesture made his heart feel a little less strained and helped ease the nausea. On his way out, Damien turned the knob to lock the door handle of Mrs. White's apartment and then shut it behind him. He headed back to his place, happy to be home. Even in the dusty, dank atmosphere of his unaired apartment, just being near his comic books, all lined up in perfect, organized rows of boxes, made him happier and seemed to take away some of the stress he was feeling. Maybe he would read some after he ate. Using his arms to ease himself down into a chair, Damien picked up an old yellow flyer from a local pizza shop. Tonight would have to be an early one. Howard obviously knew the results of his battle with Daniel if he'd ordered Scratch to keep an eye on Damien in the hospital, but that didn't mean Damien would expect any kind of special treatment. Howard had impossibly high standards when it came to protocol and debriefing after a mission. He would never understand if Damien waited an extra day before coming to the bank to report. Damien just hoped Howard would understand that he had done the only prudent thing possible and waited until he was cleared to leave the hospital. He'd had to, If he'd have left while still severely injured, as he had been just after his accident, who knows what the hospital would have done. They might have even gotten the police involved if they'd thought that Damien was in danger. Him leaving early would have only raised questions. Surely Howard would understand. On the table next to Damien lay more flyers that he'd let pile up over the time he'd lived there. He kept them all, not really being one for home cooking outside the occasional bowl of instant noodles. Damien picked up the small shiny stack of papers and began flipping through them. Anything cheap, so long as it wasn't hospital food, would probably taste fabulous. That is, if you could think about anything other than his meeting with Howard the next day, or some of the more disturbing events that had happened during his fight with Daniel and then afterward with Scratch. Damien let out a great sigh, hoping that it would banish some of the stressful thoughts that were creeping into his brain. But it didn't. He let his anxieties wrap an iron band around his heart, once again. Going to meet Howard was always a stressful situation. But, because it was a semi-regular occurrence, it was something that he was used to, to a degree. The weird stuff bothered him a lot more. Like Scratch all of a sudden not caring. It either meant that she had given up on him, which would be great if true, or she really was up to something. And when in doubt, Damien always suspected the worst. But even more alarming than Scratch were the events that had transpired with Daniel and then afterward in the hospital. Ever since that night when Daniel had blasted him, Damien's conscience had become a real problem. It was like a curse, where he could no longer do much of what he had learned in the crisis center. The past three weeks had been hell. And every time he tested it by treating a nurse badly or stealing something, his stomach turned into a three-ring circus act on a bumpy voyage at sea. He couldn't even tell a decent lie now. It was maddening. And why did Daniel even do it? He'd reached right past a knife he could have used to kill Damien. The bastard had had the perfect angle and everything. And considering the healing abilities he displayed, the big guy might have survived had he done just that. Daniel's strange actions at his end had only added to Damien's growing sense of unease. What was it all about? Did he just hate Damien that much? He wanted him to suffer even at the cost of his own life? Damien frowned. The idea seemed at odds with Daniel's displays of compassion earlier in the fight. Or maybe he just panicked. No, that too seemed wrong. He'd been remarkably composed throughout the rest of their duel, far more so than Damien himself. So why did Daniel do it? Why curse me when he could have killed me and lived? So many disturbing, unanswered questions. The ticking of the clock on his wall drew Damien's attention to the time. He'd better eat soon or else he'd end up going to sleep that much later. And he needed to pick up a new suit before he met up with Howard. Again with the anxiety, he berated himself and shook his head in an attempt to banish and replace the stressful thoughts with a more positive subject. Food. That's all I need, he thought. Some pizza and beer then I can drift off early and get downtown to face the music. Hopefully he'd live to eat the leftovers. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Shadows to Life. Follow me on Twitter to find out when the latest episodes go live, and to find out every time we do a giveaway contest. Speaking of giveaways, the winner of the Name a Character contest is... at Gwilder, who gets to name a yet-to-be-introduced character... Congratulations, Gwilder, and see you next time, folks.